1: I guess your TV must be broken.
0: Haha, <laughs> just kidding.
1: Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Hey guys, Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Happy Monday. What a weekend. Holy shit. Brad and I, our first celebrity all star game <laughs> with the NBA. Holy shit. Hope we get asked back. That was a blast. Thanks for everyone who watched, tuned in, sent us messages. Appreciate the love and support. And thanks to all the ALN fans that came out to our live podcast on Saturday. That was a fucking blast. The Comedy Zone, thanks for housing us. Hope to come back and do that again. Uh, it's always great when the venue is set up uh, perfectly for the podcast. And we, uh, we had a blast with you guys. And thanks to everybody that came out to my solo show on Valentine's Day. Um, so much love was in the air. And the crowd was hot. Not just figuratively, but uh, emotionally as well. And thanks to the NBA and Adam Silver. Um, yeah, it was a blast. You know? What, what can you say? Bucket list, dream come true. Let's make a wish, shit, right there. Um, today's episode is a fantastic episode. Just myself and our guest. He's been on before, a two-time ALN guest, a fan favorite. You know him uh, from uh, from his countless specials, selling out Madison Square Garden, uh, his numerous movies, uh, TV show appearances. He's uh, one of the one of the biggest stand up comics in the world. I'm talking about Dane Cook back for a new episode. And a new chat, and we get into a lot of stuff on this one, and uh, and it was great. You know, Dane has uh, been doing stand up almost thirty years, so he's got something to say uh, about it. You know what I'm saying? That's I'm twelve years in. I can't imagine another ten, or another fifteen. But uh, Dane is uh, is still 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 crushing, still uh, writing, getting up all the time, and he's about to embark on a new forty five city tour starting tomorrow uh, in New York. So. Uh, He's playing some insane venues. Go to danecook.com for all those tour dates and venue info and go see him live because I've been uh, lucky enough to see the material he's working on and, uh, and it's pretty fucking great. So um, go see him and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at danecook. Follow me at Adam Ray Comedy at Funny Brad at Aalen Podcast. About AboutLastNightPodcast.com for past, present episodes and all your ALN merch. ShopAdamRay.com for all my merch. Just got some beanies and pins up. So go over to ShopAdamRay.com and get some Adam Ray beanies. They make great gifts for the family. That snow is still hitting a lot of you in the Northwest. So fucking bundle up. Uh, This weekend I'm going to be in Denver at the Comedy Works, February 21st through the 23rd. Downtown Comedy Works, Thursday through Saturday. First time headlining, I can't wait. Get your tickets at adamraycomedy.com. Brad will be in Fairbanks, Alaska at the Blue Loon. Uh, Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday he'll be in Anchorage and Friday and Saturday he'll be in Fairbanks at the Blue Loon. Tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and comment and uh, rate the podcast on the iTunes page. Give us a five-star rating, comment, lets us know that we uh, are doing the right thing and, and you guys uh, can show your support that way. And tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tell somebody about the podcast and uh, help help spread the word about uh, about all the free, fun entertainment we're throwing at you. So many great guests coming up. Craig Ferguson, the Chainsmokers, Brian Friedman, uh, Adam Devine, um, uh, holy shit, Ron Funches, Pete Holmes, it's, uh, it's going to be a good next couple months for the ALN podcast, and, uh, and today is no exception. So now that we've got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the very funny Dane Cook. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast? Breakfast Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you in time of the day so come on and treat yourself right it's about last night Well I would I mean I would love if you would hit a harmony
0: let me t- <laughs> Okay ready
1: I mean I got a guitar here Are you you're not going to uh bust out some uh some songs on the tour are you no. No, it's a non-music tour this time around. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun though. That was fun. Well, you were you you were doing that at the end of um, uh, some of your shows, yeah? Or was it more like in town stuff when I would see with the guitar, like you Mm -hmm. and Alda Benny on stage?
0: It was pretty much only local, where I'd be like, ah, you know, just to break things up, let me do something that's uh, you know uh, music related tonight, whether it's music improv, songs, or whatever. And then when I started doing these massive venues, I felt like. Oh, you know what? This really is like an encore kind of yeah. show closing moment. So maybe I can lean into the rock star side that we all yes. want to be. Yes, um, and I enjoyed that. But it doesn't. It's not part of my regular repertoire of uh, what I
1: what I bring to the stage. Well, your material has always been. And this is one of, I mean, uh, a handful of questions I've got. But okay, in uh, in being, is it
0: literally a handful? Did you measure it? <laughs> Did you put all the questions like in some kind of? I wrote tiny them down on those little satchel <laughs> and the. <laughs> You were like, "This is like a handful."
1: Everyone's like, questions. "It seems like two handfuls." No, dude. <laughs> is it a barrel? Probably See, not. It's yeah. Like, you, ne- you never know what you're going to learn. You yeah, think yeah. It, the questions are going
0: to be more informative, but it's actually the I want to know the measurement, the, the measurement of your curiosity. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, from the get-go. By the way, we can't kill early because then we're not going to be able to follow ourselves. So let's just pace dude, it. Podcast speakers are
1: my uh, f- worst. Uh, People to listen to, but my favorite cover band of all time. Okay. Podcast peekers. Would you ever be in a band, by the way? Would you ever take that Kevin Bacon, Dennis Quaid route of like, you know what? It's time to truly mix things up. It's time to truly disappear from the zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of being in these uh, games that people play yeah, on how man. they're connected to me. I'm fucking swirl the drain here. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um,
0: I would, I, I had a band. A musical. I had a band. You did. I, I did. We were called, uh, rock band, we were called Vivid Blur. I came up with the name. Yes. And uh, that lasted maybe for a couple of months and then literally was like, you know what? I'm putting too much effort into something that I don't have the same understanding of yeah. as, uh, as the comedy thing.
1: Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, there is though, and like you just mentioned it right up top, like comedians want to be rock stars and rock stars comedians. Absolutely. How do you feel about the fact that people said and still say that you made, like you brought that the rock and roll uh, aspect to comedy i you know what it, my response to that is i was like you ever hear a dice
0: i'm like i i, I felt yeah. like di- okay this is how i look at what i what i what i implemented into um maybe the tried and true formula of steve martin and dice right was um sh- you know this idea of being a showman this idea of like amplifying it to be able to play to this large-scale crowd what i felt like i brought to that from seeing those guys and being uh, informed by that wanting to emulate it was okay I'm, I'm the next generation of comedy so i can i can uh, curtail it and, and uh, adapt to whatever it is that you know it, comedy is today instead of feeling like i had to just do something that was you know their formula so i i, I do think that i brought like my own spin to it but i don't ever feel like i uh, uh, took it c- to the next created level. Created it. Right. You know what I mean? I definitely took it to the next level. You did. I took it to some crazy yeah, levels. You man. did. I took it to levels that, you know, I could probably put it in a handful. <laughs> if I were to write them in question <laughs> form. <How many? laughs>
1: it, it, you mentioned like wanting to always, was that always your goal to a stand up? Like to, you just said like the, the larger than life, like playing, having it be able to play to these mass. Uh, massive crowds like is that how you always envisioned it like seeing the people that you looked up to being like oh this doesn't need to just be in a comedy club okay
0: yeah there's there's two responses there's the version of me that was like okay I was uh, you know uh, pipe dreaming and seeing these people do these uh, unbelievable um, incredible sized venues and and kind of like uh, like willing it yeah to come to fruition but then there's something else where i had no spine for a lot of years i was very weak i was a very sensitive um i think we might have talked about it before yeah. but i had a lot of anxiety i had a lot of things to that i needed to overcome before stand-up or as you were getting before stand-up yeah. during stand-up yeah. you know last week um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh so i felt like uh, th- i had a lot of um i had a lot of time to dream about like all the things that I didn't really know if I could ever even accomplish, I was like this big dreamer yeah. that probably was somehow making the universe cooperate with this idea of, hey, if it starts to work a little bit, it, that's a huge win for me. If I can get on stage, I did it. I spoke in front of people. Wow, I matter to somebody. Sure. So once it was like it was like the two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Once it started going, I was like. I'm fucking taking this as far as I can, you know, I'm, I'm whatever the size venue is that I can take it to. I'm going to see. Do you miss MySpace? <laughs> Do I miss it? No, <laughs> no, I don't miss it because I, um, I feel like the old, uh, bull on the hill now where I can look down and, and tell the young bull, like I was on the internet when it was fun. I had a good five year stretch when the internet was like truly, absolutely fun awesome yeah
1: it was great five years and then like four true trolls were like yes where there were so many that it it felt like i think it was um it was uh i don't know just spread out to where mm-hmm. you, there was a lot of good and some bad and but then the 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 commenting just got out of control and the amount of people right. that thought oh i can post anything right yes yeah was, for,
0: for the first five years it was like People were celebrating things that they found on the internet that was that was far that's away from them yeah. that they could still love. Hey, this thing that's not even in my region, I love that. Yeah. So that's what the internet was at first, a, a, a crossroads for all things. Great movie, um, by the way. To, yeah, absolutely. Okay? Dan
1: Aykroyd's,
0: uh, isn't that the Britney Spears one? No, we're talking about one with the fiddle, right? <laughs> There's two crossroads. <laughs> by no. the way, which one... Are, uh, the, the I thought cr- the Britney <laughs> Spears Dan Aykroyd was the only Crossroads movie. No, there's uh, things have multiple names. There was like certain books that have the same title. No, there was one where it was like he's playing the devil and he's playing a fiddle. How did this get
1: into the conversation? Why it's are we? T- f- it's fine. <laughs> look, this was it was next on my uh, list of questions anyway. I had there's a did somebody. <laughs> do you have like people that could look up the Norman, IMDb Crossroads. Norman, Crossroads? Crossroads. I know it's a Bone Thugs and Harmony song. Yeah, but and it's
0: I, and I think it's also a song with uh, ra- uh, a, a show with. Uh, a film with ralph macchio I love tell me that. if we're right I love like, who's right are I, we both right? i hope we're both i hope right. we're both right i like we okay you know what until you have all the information <laughs> let's wait it out okay let's, maybe until you know both answers instead of stigmatizing home me court with, advantage, man. <laughs> putting w's in my in the in, in the in the wind column is what I'm about. Wait, so okay, so so uh yeah, there was this crossroads. It was a five year period yeah. where it was a blast, and people were just like finding you and celebrating. And then it and was you soaked like that up, you, in, and you were at the precipice of that. I I soaked. Feel like. it. I I I was uh, in the center of this newfangled thing. Did somebody that, tip you off, or did you just recognize Al Gore? Called me. <laughs> Al Gore called me well, personally. Day said, there's I just be- invented this thing called the internet. <laughs> Get on
1: before the polar bears <laughs> take it over.
0: <laughs> Get on. Use it for your advantage. <laughs> Nobody tipped me off, man. I just was a geek and I loved uh, tech. You are a tech geek, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had like early Commodore sixty four computers I'd rip apart, or in televisions or what. I just liked um, computers and, and and soldering. I was a big fan of soldering irons. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I was I was just into that. So when computers started to gain more popularity, I felt like oh, this is like uh, this is something that I really understand and. I was so socially awkward and I had so much anxiety and uh, was such an introvert that here is a way that I could be with thousands of people millions of miles away in, in my office. And communicate in the way that I would want to in person. Yes. Yeah. If I could be this person all of the time, uh, how gratifying would that be? But I can do it here for, in sitting in my underwear eating Fruit Loops.
1: I feel like that's your cereal. Always. Yeah. And forever. Uh, by the way, if that's not the new Fruit Loop slogan, I don't know what they're doing with their marketing. Fruit just Loops. Always, always and forever. And forever. <laughs> like, is this a diamond commercial? <laughs> um, I feel like that could be damaging socially if you didn't have that stage outlet to just sit behind and and create this persona that you are like, oh, cool, this is, w-, you know what I'm saying? like You yeah. are still actively um, flexing that um, uh, muscle of just, Speaking publicly, yeah. So that you, you know, what I'm saying, like, if you're just sitting behind and you were just creating this brand, right, for something else that wasn't performing,
0: yeah. Pe- pe- sometimes people who want to give me a little ribbing will be like, oh, you, but you just cater to this internet. Well, the truth is, you can make all the noise that you want. You can, you can uh, bang uh, two pots together and say, come see me. If you come into the room and that person's not funny, if I didn't deliver, they, nobody was sticking around, People man. forget that. It wasn't just like, you know what? We're <laughs> going to sit here in this arena. This is terrible, but, <laughs> but he did click on the thing that we sent him on the internet. Therefore, we need to come here. Like fucking ridiculous. You that people have choices. And right. It, it's just, it always dialed back to, and trust me, if there was like a, a short route, I would have liked to have taken it for those formative years too, but yeah. really it was like, I, I can't uh, tout myself unless I know I can deliver when they come into the room.
1: How has it, uh, just to speak to that five-year period where you feel like it was a celebration, how do you feel like it has, uh, and that's a it's a loaded question, but like, you know, because you're still actively using the internet and yep. social media, and, uh, and it'll probably... All those fans too that really came up in that MySpace era with you are still with you online okay. for Instagram, right? So now, how are you trying to reach them still with new ways?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll give you a. I'll, let me give you a loaded answer to a. <laughs> uh, let's both
1: be loaded. Look, I, <laughs> okay. Loaded questions are best uh, served with loaded um, answers. Here,
0: here's here's the way I I, I look at it now. Yeah. I mean, the internet is. Um, you look at some people, you're like, okay, this person's got 100 million followers, and you know it's it's unbelievable when you're that kind of level of branding. But what I see that's so unfortunate for new art, not for me, I I already you know went through all that stuff. But yeah. when I see new artists that are coming up, what's hard to see is people are so um even like uber fickle about clicking the next thing and discovering the next thing that they're not as interested in helping to cultivate what they're already looking at and experiencing right so what we're seeing now without naming names is we're seeing careers go rapid fire up and then rapid fire out phil collins and we're not um phil collins he's back (laughs) he's back he rested the lower spine (laughs) I think he did a couple of pins in there. He and did. He's, he and can't drum anymore. His no. son's on the drums. We don't need him to drum. He just sits in a
1: stool and says, <laughs> in the air at night. <laughs> but the d d d d that's no longer Phil. It can't be. I almost thought I saw Phil Collins at the Grove once. And uh, this I go, uh, I go, I never do this, but. Was he drowning?
0: He... <laughs> <laughs> if you understand what I just I put together listening, just...
1: then you're a very, very deep cuts, <laughs> Phil Collins fan. <laughs> and I go. It was something Phil, in the air tonight. Yes. It's okay. amazing. Yeah. I go, Phil, I'm such a big fan, I never do this. And he goes, My name's Alan. And I go, Well, now we're both disappointed. <laughs> I listen to that to him and then he just goes, What? And I go, dude, you know, you could have like said yeah. yeah. If you had just been like, Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Great to meet you and gone on your day, <laughs> even giving me one verse of Susu right. Studio. Now I'm like, I met Phil Collins, yeah. but now I'm just like Man, fake Phil Collins is a big he piece of shit. He could
0: have put his hand on your shoulder and said, hey, it's just another day for you and me in paradise. <laughs> and, and just
1: walked. Yeah. I know. Uh, Alan, though. You met Alan. I know. I'm very pumped about it. You met that. Alan. I know. I shouldn't be downplaying that. <laughs> um, do you uh, do you like being on social media? Do you like? Mm. I hear some comedians that have, first of all, you're celebrating 30 years, right? 29. 29. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. I'll do that too. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I was just listening to you with Jeff Ross and you guys talking about stories from getting going and you watching them and (laughs) to then like, and still be doing it is a really cool thing. I'm 12 years in. It's really, uh, (laughs) oh (laughs) Oh boy. All right. Uh, That's right though. That's the amount of applause. It's a good amount of time. But to hear like you guys still talking about it. A, in a fun way, is awesome Mm -hmm. and necessary for uh, people at my level. And to hear you guys be buds and to still also be pushing stand-up and yourselves that much is something I can't truly fathom at this point. Like, I think about how I'm going to be in five years from now. And then to add on another 10 on top of that. Um, So with social media in regard to that, there's comedians that uh, are, you know. And
0: and not to interrupt, but it's funny because I'm 29 years in and I still feel like I'm just starting to get good for real I, I, yeah right, i feel like there's that. you know and we can talk about that you know leading up to what this tour really is yes. and where i'm at it's i i honestly it feels like oh all the tools that i assembled all the things that i failed at and the stuff that didn't work so well informs my stand up now so it's like the best of me wow. coupled with being introspective yeah. and actually understanding what it means to be like a human being in today's climate, it all informs where the stand up is now. So it's now it's it's like the Tom Brady thing. I'm sorry to you know it's bring up my Patriots, but it's like No, I was gonna get to that. There's Brady, 41, and it's like he's
1: maybe he's, he's just figuring out how to throw a spiral. Every
0: <laughs> every every element yeah. that he's experienced he can now put into he has that experience that nobody else has out He was like Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. Because he's seen every version of every play. So he knows what's happening since memory, which is amazing. I do want to speak. Was that a Phil Collins album, Since Memory?
1: <laughs> right after Truth Dart to the Heart? It was actually Alan's album. <laughs> that would have been great if he was like, actually, uh, I'm sorry that I'm not Phil, but I do have my own band that Dan Cook refused to be a part of. He said it was too close to Vivid Blur's uh, vibe. Um, your material, too, just since seeing you in the last few months is like, Pretty special right now, man. I'm really. Oh, thanks, man. The timing of this with um, this tour is like it got me real fired up for you because yeah. like that introspective layer, which I feel like, and you can probably speak to it more so, uh, does take time to become a part of the act, right? Because sure. you have to have. I mean, you 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 know you've done it in other specials to where you've talked about personal things and whatnot, right? But seeing what you were really getting into, like the other night at the factory, I was like, oh man, like this is kind of almost looking straight up looking at all thirty years. Right. Versus like just chunks of time. Yeah,
0: know? and what I didn't wanna the the, the the problem with how I approached this particular chunk of material was and why it took three years. You know, Troublemaker was three years ago yeah. that I put that out. And, it's um, one of my favorites, by the way. Uh, me too. It's like okay, I, I finally got to generate something from the ground up entirely without anybody impeding on it. Yeah. That's true. That's like my painting because I edited it. I paid for it. I, right. uh, I wrote it. I sold it. I yeah. directed it. So that informed so much because then I was really seeing myself as like um, a f- more fully fleshed out, performer yeah so the last few years and why it took a little longer was i was like i want to be able to have the same level of performance i don't want to do a one-man show i don't want to do something that's more maudlin or uh, that loses the lpms the yeah. laughs per minute yeah so it was tricky because i wanted to have all of those things firing off um and i and i did i figured it out I, I i cracked the code and then uh just was diligent and now we're taking it out on the road and this
1: uh it's the hour and change. I think you said like, you, you think hour 15 is like the sweet spot. I think an hour yeah. and 15 minute show is really great. Yeah. I mean, it's a two hours of material that
0: I've put together. And I always tell people like, if you see me a couple nights in a row, it's going to be different. That's awesome. Oh, so to- you got
1: two hours right now that you're going to be fucking with. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Is that, do you, uh, is that a conscious move before you're doing a tour to have, like, have you ever done a tour where you started and you're like, all right, I got 20 great minutes. Here we go. Yeah. Trying to find the other 40.
0: Yeah. Rough around the edges from yeah. Madison square garden. I'm I'm telling you the absolute truth, no bullshit. It was it was at least seventy percent improvised. No way. Yeah, I was shooting Dan in real life. Yeah, they wouldn't let me leave to to do any club work. We were in a part of uh, Rhode Island that there wasn't much near us. Providence uh, Comedy Connection was was kind of far, so I wasn't working out at all. But that date was looming. But they, what's funny is that they let Juliet Binoche go do a lot of club dates. She did actually. She yeah. did my routine and she crushed it. She <laughs> Binoche'd did. <it>, we say. <laughs> That's the new yeah. Benocht it. Yeah, she
1: benoshed it. Okay. <laughs> like from the three point line, it. Which by the way, Billy Ocean is really upset that she took that. The Caribbean Queen guy? The Benocht it, yeah. Oh Billy Ocean. Okay. He's like, You Benocht you know. That's a real far stretch. You mind just turning this? I, I like.
0: went with you. I got it. I went down you, the street. You stretch. got in the bit boat. Yeah. Uh, so I, so that was like a little bit like this. And so I, I called it rough around the edges cause it was very, it was very much rough around the edges, even all the way down to like, I filmed it, but I didn't do hair. I didn't do makeup. Everything about that thing is like the opposite of vicious circle, which was very sleek and very like, you know, uh, like an, like an armor of material I'd crafted rough around the edges was the version where I'm like, okay, how much of me can just go up there and be, I'm, am, am I just funny because I can be funny? With any conversation Truly trying to test that, huh? Truly testing it Didn't always work But ultimately When I watched that special Outside of Troublemaker It's also my One of my favorites Because I I grew so much From the things that I (laughs) That I wasn't prepared Quite ready for And then I I I grew from that And that was it Madison Square. That was in Madison yeah. Square Garden. Yeah. So you're improvising in the garden. The whole thing about <laughs> um, the the flute joke and the whole thing about the Civil War flute player yes. and all like all that was off the top. All that was like rift. I mean, you had some. Do you have like you have? Yeah, the of opening things. and closing were set, and then and and this is kind of how I do my my standup now. Anyway, this has been my formula for a long time. I, I create a. It's I, this is how I see it. It's like a template or it's like a square. It's like a sandbox, and I have four quadrants, four corners that I know. Um, this is very funny about this. This is very funny. This and this on each corner. Okay, so now what I want to do is create an environment where when I hit one of those corners. I know the other corners are gonna hit. I know they're funny, I've right. worked on it enough. I can think. I can really listen to the crowd and sometimes respond almost like it's a conversation and go somewhere else with it. Why? Because I can linger into the middle of the sandbox and I can hit that corner at any point. I have four, uh, well, th- one in and then I have three outs. So it's not necessarily that I get to get to the last punchline the same way every time, it's like, no any one of these will work to get the hit that I need with what I'm trying to portray and then I can move on to the next thing. That means that the bit some nights are eight minutes and then the next night it might be 14 minutes.
1: Wow. are you recording that uh, stuff like when you uh, I mean how many like bits after since you were improvising in the special yeah. and a lot of people I think like yourself too, when you do it in the special, then you kind of retire it more or less? Sure, yeah, yeah, oh, uh, definitely. So I mean, were you coming up with bits and then being like, oh man, I would love to keep playing with that. Because I just came up with it for this special And there's more to it later But because I did it there and it's taped and I'm using it I think that most of whatever I filmed for that, I didn't end up uh, cultivating any anymore. Wow. I, I kind of just felt like it belonged there. And, yeah, it happened there. Yeah. Do you even have nuggets, like for the whole Civil War flute thing, were there even like things you had thought about previous? Oh, oh yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not just... This is how... This, like, I'll take a suggestion from the uh, arena. <laughs> Civil War flutes!
0: <laughs> yeah. I, when I was in uh, my... Uh, For a sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Ready? This is how weird our brains are as comedians. This is where the joke came from. I went to a vocational school to learn um, graphic design for one year before I switched to another school to do drama. In that one year, there was a a food court in the vocational tech uh, cafeteria area. It was called the Fife and Drum Grill. (laughs) The word Fife, every day when I would see it, it like fascinated me. Yeah. It's just such a different... Who would call their place the fife and drum? So I learned what a fife is. I learned it's flute. But we just decided to go, hey, let's start calling a fife a flute. <laughs> it's time. We enough fife enough. for fucking years. <laughs> We're we going it to flute. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so fife and drum grill was in my head. And over the years, I would think about the fife and drum grill. That's and amazing. I would, Just I would, hold on to it. I would hold on to it. And I would think about like, a person playing the fife. I think about a person playing the drum and then it all started to come to me probably weeks before I even did Madison square garden. Like, Oh, I see a bit where I could probably do like, what was it like to be the fife guy and the drum guy back during the civil war when all your buddies have guns and (laughs) and I got to do this with a fife. And the word fife is just funny to say. Yeah. The whole bit stream of consciousness came in that moment of like I segued into it like hey have you ever seen an old civil war photo that was the material yeah, yeah, yeah that was the actual written part gotcha that was done that was the laugh hey have you seen why do they always look so um uh stoic yeah nobody knew smile back yeah. then everybody just looked like uh, they just passed away and their body was <laughs> like going through the <laughs> and so it 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 i that worked and then I just Ramped it up and went into the fife and drum thing based on something I saw in sophomore year of high school Oh
1: my god.
0: Yeah, it still happens man still like a lot of my sets. That's kind of I don't write material I don't sit and think of things during the day. It, it 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 comes to me and then when I explore why did I think that? I'm always pleasantly surprised at like oh, I remember seeing a couple fight and say just get the jelly you know, I remember seeing that one time, and that's then amazing. like it sticks in my head. And I'm like, what a funny thing to say during a fight! Just go, get, just go get the jelly, twat. You know, Wait, twat was in there too. No, I think yeah, I, I think yeah, I buttoned yeah. it with. <laughs> yeah, it just that. needed. <laughs> just get the jelly is oh, what I actually my
1: God. heard. that's a, what grocery store is that at?
0: Uh, I think it was in Avon's Pavilions.
1: <laughs>
0: I call up the whole yeah, thing.
1: It's the uh, the crew <laughs> that roams around the Avon's Pavilion is definitely mm-hmm. there's a lot of angst. Yeah, couples a lot of, aren't happy there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like you go into Vaughn's Pavilions, and it's like uh, it's like going from Winterfell to uh, King's Landing,
1: <laughs> aisle to aisle. Do you think it's synonymous to being uh, active, to be getting on stage, and also being conditioned to be coming up with material? Like you're saying, like you don't sit down and write a, write stuff, but if something does hit you, uh, knowing that you're either you have shows coming up, or you're going to get on stage that night. Do you think that makes your brain see things a little bit mm-hmm. lock in a little bit harder?
0: Yeah, and I and for me, uh, I've always felt like uh, it all comes back to improv. You know, starting off in a sketch group and improv group. Um, you know we came up with our funniest stuff usually just out there when we were winging it yes and so i always have to have an element of of winging it i always have to have spontaneity and commitment and, and,
1: I, know, and I know that you've spoken and, like those are the guys that you love and looked up to the guys that just
0: went 100 yeah you got to be like you know locked and loaded and and ready to perform but i i've always and i still strive to be a performer that can be um observational and introspective i just want both of those to mesh and So where the material is now, which is fun, and if you've seen it recently, is like, I'm telling you something that happened to me. I have like this crazy uh, stalker story. I'm telling a story about this stalker, but I'm finding beats in there that are about life happening outside and then back to my story and then the beats. So I'm finding fragments of observational humor, tried and true, and I'm mixing it into my introspective life.
1: I mean, that sounds like the best
0: combo for uh, the best so, place to be. Yeah, that's why I'm going out, man. I Fuck. wouldn't, you know. I don't go. I don't go out there until I know it's ready. You've been on tour with me. It's like, uh, in, unless I know that it's it's really ready for public consumption, I'm just not going to go.
1: How do you know that? Is it take one? Like, do you have to have one special night at a, at the uh, factory, the store, or wherever to go? All right, it's time.
0: You know, you know who will tell you your your material ready. This is like the little secret of comedy. Yeah, the waitresses.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: the waitresses know because the waitresses. They see everybody and I everything that you just think like, no, they have no time to listen. Oh, they're, they're putting drinks down. They they are the eyes and ear. They're like the little finger. I'm going to keep it on a game of thrones. They know everything. <laughs> Spoiler and what? so, and so they,
1: uh, I know you haven't seen it, yet, but you're going to love it. <laughs> little finger. I think a little foot from land before time. I'm no, like no, the two worlds mesh. You're going to love to hate him. Okay. Anyway.
0: So, and, and the waitresses will actually, if you talk to them, will tell you like, you know, hey, Oh my God, that's that. Oh, I remember when that was just kind of like amusing and that, Oh, that story so you start to feel and then truly just comedians i've had comics coming up to me comics that like i don't even have like a a deeper rapport with more than just you know saying hello yeah. as we pass in the night yeah, yeah saying to me like hey man that bit that the thing about the missing girl that's
1: done dude you got to do that wow that's it isn't that it for a comedian right yeah you validation yeah.
0: you know from it is as hardcore as we can be to each other and in and, in and, and competitive yeah. and um it can be a prickly environment it's still the opinion that matters so much when you're you know comedian friends are like you killed it man you crushed it that was amazing
1: even for a guy like you that has that you know done and accomplished i've you know from looking at it from the outside everything that you could want to as a comedian but you still that part doesn't go away right because you're right. a human being and you're and and the feeling of trying out new stuff and yeah. and wanting to feel like you're always growing and 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 not getting stagnant. So you yeah. still, you want that. I,
0: I still want that. I need it. Uh, I need that. And And also I need to be able to do that for other performers. As I've gotten a bit older, it's like I've got mentors. I've had great mentors well, now I need to be able to say to comics, I I mean, outside of comedy, I talk to artists as well, but like just speaking of comedians, I've been through hell and back. I've gone through every facet of the machine. I've seen every side of it. I've seen the deplorable side. I've seen the side that's actually a beautiful artistry and an amazing environment to create in. So now I can impart all that because you know what? I have nothing to gain. I have nothing to gain from you or nothing that I could lose necessarily. I just want to be able to, now regurgitate all these things that have happened to me, so you can go. Oh shit, maybe maybe that helps me with what
1: I'm trying to create. Do you, does um does your girl who um is an amazing musician and so sweet? Oh, thank you. And I've seen her at so many shows. Yeah. And what is really cool is to see her watch, and you know, with with uh, not a, a critical eye, but like enjoying and laughing and loving it all but then you know and, and I remember one time even talking to her about a bit where I was like oh that I haven't seen that and she's like yeah and he had had that but it's, yeah. it's, it seems like it's wor- whatever she had, was very <laughs> you know articulate about sure. discussing it which I thought was really cool how has that um influenced wow your comedy
0: it's uh it's it's for the first time in well not for the first time like meaning today but for the past uh maybe five years I've just been the happiest that I've been all around in life. I don't know if people really understand. When I hit superstardom, I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't really know what that was. There's no playbook for that. And then imagine you're you're there and you're reveling in it as a as a young person yeah. and then I'm going to go down to not only the bottom oh, on what? the other side of the mountain, but Below. I'm going to go yeah. lower into the dark uh, abyss of losing my parents. Both of them getting sick. My brother pulling, you know, pulling a fast one on me. In the same year, same right? Same year. And then going into (laughs) stuff with, you know, the whole CK thing. Yeah. It was like three years of just anomaly stuff that I didn't, I wasn't prepared for. So once I worked through all that, and by the way, it always informed my stand-up comedy, but... Once I finally made it through like the the third act of whatever that period was, the the real joy yeah. of performing came back. But now, coupled with the dark minutia yeah. that belongs in there yeah. as a comedian, so now when Kelsey comes out and sees my show, it's like I finally feel like I'm sharing um, my life as something more entire than just like a, a comedian who's successful, which that identified who I was for years. Yeah, but that's not how you want to live right so now i'm sharing it with somebody who like is is very genuine
1: kind and supportive did you feel during those and we don't have to speak to it too much but during that time that you felt was like below the abyss how much did you because i know you took a little break from from the stage for a minute right and obviously like but then you know for me when i've had stuff uh and and nowhere near that but like things that you know get you real low for for yourself that you're sometimes the stage is the only thing that will make me feel better. Right. Because I'm like, it's a distraction. It's and not that I'm going to talk about it. It's just cathartic in a way yes. I can't explain. But I'm, then there are times where I'm like, I physically, nothing is funny in my head or uh, about, you know, and then I've gone up thinking that and it's changed. So. Yeah. D- did you have a, a, a need to get up on stage or was it just too much to process and you're like, I need to as a human being like sit, sit this one out? There were times
0: when I felt like I needed it um, and probably because it's all I knew that would, uh, that would make me feel safe. Uh, when my dad passed away, uh, I was back in LA for one day. I had to fl- leave him, fly back to do some contractual obligation and when he passed away, three hours later I went to the laugh factory and I performed. I felt like that's what he he loved business. He yeah. loved seeing this, and I think that more than anybody, he understood like, hey, if you have a place that you have to be, and that's that's a proud man thing to go and do your job. Yeah, for for what I needed at that point, and then what the the stage gave back to me in terms of just feeling, you know, the the dopamine, you know, going yeah. off in your brain and feeling good again. Um, although it was going to be, you know, a long healing process with that doing stand up constantly at that point was good. Now there's other times in my life, uh, the past few years, it's like stepping away sometimes has actually been better for perspective. Yeah. Um, So I try to, you know, I still try to get on enough to keep me sharp, but I don't want to overdo it because my process is I want to get it pretty quickly and then I want to do it and never want to do it
1: again. I want to talk about something new. How did you pick all these dates for the tour? because it's insane and I don't know if you've actually looked at the schedule have you seen your own tour ske- I have seen I've seen the schedule and um, it's you know it's I mean a, you know these venues, these venues and you've always uh, you know I, I mean the Masonic in San Fran is like have you been there before never because so a lot of I mean the Wang in Boston holy shit yeah been there never done it my scene in Ghostbusters was at that theater oh wow I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet um <laughs> Yeah, and I, and oh wow, is that was the response too when people saw it because it was a blink. Um, the Chicago theater, St. Louis, the stifled, the D.C. the Constitution Hall, mm-hmm. the Palace Theater in Albany. I yeah. mean, uh, great, just great
0: comedy venues. Orpheum
1: in Madison, holy shit, dude! And then Radio City. To you're ending it there, pretty much. Yeah, fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Do you do you still also enjoy like you know? Well, first of all, tell me you know for me at twelve years I'm. I love it, you know. Like I can't get enough of stand up, and the every part of the grind that comes with it—the the good nights, the bad nights, the nights where you, um, like a couple nights ago, where I, you know, uh, was opening at the store, and Rogan was back there for the first time, I think, seeing me, and yeah. I've had a lot of nice pleasantries and conversations in the parking lot, and it was a fun set early, working some stuff out, and definitely saw him like uh critiquing in a way that I was not pumped on mm-hmm. and I was like oh and I got kind of bummed about that yeah. but then I was like well let's fuel the fire and now I'm just going to write more that night and get up the next night a couple sure. times more um but the uh the traveling part do you still do you still love that the, do you still the traveling part? of the tour
0: oh um i yeah i mean i do it's like once i'm there i feel better yeah. i still sometimes uh, am in am, am more uh, anxious off stage, in terms of just like uh, feeling social and and stuff like that, so I like to, I for me, I like walking into a gig and then I go right up.
1: I don't really like too too much hang time. I always saw that about you at the factory. You would come in right yeah. before you had to go up and then just go up. And I started doing that because man, that is a sweet way to. I mean, you, 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 don't have enough time to fully like read what's happening out there and also right. sitting and, and letting your energy drop is a bummer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's also like, if you're listening to too much show, um, y- you start to second guess yourself. Maybe they're not going to like this. Maybe they're not gonna, I'd rather be like, I don't know what just happened before me. I just know that I'm walking in and have to be the best at what I'm doing for myself right now. So it's also good because then you're conditioning yourself to just be good solid every time, not based on, oh, this
1: guy just took the air out of the room. What do I do? Right. Um, are there certain cities you've never played on this tour? Or have you oh, I'm much sure. Covered? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like I have played every state, but there are yeah. definitely spots that, uh, you know, Adam, you got to realize I, I went, okay, you know, for many years I was uh, doing clubs and then I did colleges everywhere all the
1: time. And then it, that's when you started, right? You were just college. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's it. Yeah. All co- you know, New England is there's so many schools within close proximity. Yeah. So I'm doing these college gigs. I'm I'm building up this college crowd. And then it got so enormous that I kind of skipped theaters and went to
1: these arenas. That's right. And stadiums and stuff. That's what when I heard somebody say like, you know, um, maybe it was Jeff that was asking about going like from stadiums and now. And he didn't sound like it was a downgrade, but going back to theaters, and I was like, I don't think I've... I think these, this is the first time he's hitting like, a lot I of I didn't these. say I was uh, playing Burger King. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, I, I get why people... Uh, yeah, I mean, I get why people of think course. that. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going to come back, you're not doing Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Which, by the way, you know what I would say to that? If I want to do Madison Square Garden again... I will do everything I need to to prime up for an event that is Madison Square Garden. But what I'm doing now to play, again, let's use the beacon. I think it's 5,500, is it? That is an amazing place to be centered with that many people but still be able to be, uh, again, introspective. Yeah. To have your pacing hit your moments when you need the energy or whatever the the character is that you're trying to put together yeah but to be able to have those beats where you don't have to be on for the guy in the balcony in rose z it's better yeah it's actually better uh there's still you know sebastian just did uh madison square garden oh, oh yeah Alco. oh yeah it's like what he's doing now that's i get it that plays to that he's doing that event level Uh, style and and attitude it works his brash you know bravado and blah 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 so I can look at somebody like that and understand why they want to play that size venue and what that means both as a performer and also monetarily as a businessman it's that's good for business playing more seats is more you know cash at the end of the day yeah but as just a straight performer I don't I, I I subscribe to the Rolling Stone method Stadium Little Dinky Club Arena uh, You know Back alley You know uh, Speakeasy spot They'll they'll play anywhere Right They'll play anywhere And I, I respect that And that's kind of what I want my career to be I want to be able to like Dip into any kind of venue and, and play it
1: There was an intimacy to the Beacon That was like Almost overwhelming Like how big that could be But how uh, Didn't feel like I had
0: to... you, you did amazing And I, you know what And that was one of those things where When you're early on in a show and you're getting huge laughs like that like off the bat that tells me backstage I'm like oh man this crowd's great this crowd's already <clears throat> fired up yeah you know and my fans are comedy fans people yeah, think they're they're whatever like a Dane cook fan is it's actually they just love comedy they love stand-up comedy my fans is
1: there do you do you have to actively try to uh, and again with social media like trying to continue the the reach and connection with people that I mean again when you were at the precipice of, of building a social media following like Do you ever think like, oh, this, there's people that, and people probably comment all the time and send you messages like, I've been following the whole time. Like, does anyone ever say like, could you do more of this? Like, cause this, I've been used to this and people just understand like, no, things. No, I've, I've gotten, listen,
0: I've gotten every kind of, um, uh, critique or somebody wants to opine and tell me their perspective. The thing that that resonated way more than anything this last, uh, last year. I did like an underground version of the tour. Yeah. You know, my fans are honest. They're comedy fans. They always tell me who they like. They always want to share, you know, Oh, I saw this guy also. And then your show and blah, blah, blah. So it's always like guys and girls that they dig. Right. And then they'll, they'll be honest with me about like a certain special or something that they saw. They've always been outspoken and I don't mind that even if they're like vicious circle more than this or whatever. But the results from last year are what made me immediately put the tour together for this year because people that had seen me multiple times would write me and say, or meet and greet and say, I saw you at Madison Square Garden, then I saw you at that gig down in Tampa, and I actually saw you earlier at a blah, 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 this was my favorite show you've done. Wow. And when I started hearing that, Adam, I was like, okay, you know what? I got to charge this, and not just a few people, like- the the diehard long-term fans were coming back and saying like, please put this out as a special. Is this going to come out at
1: some point or where can we see this? How much of that can you listen to? Like, because I mean, I, I'm starting to get a little bit of that, not even in, in, in the same numbers, but where where people see certain shows and then comment. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, maybe. And it is funny how you take into account like somebody that you know, that you've never met or whatever, but they have been following, so they're like, man, that was it or whatever. And I'm right. like, maybe that was it, Alan, you know? Well, <laughs> Alan, yeah, um, I,
0: I just look at it as, I don't, it's not one particular voice that right. I can say, uh, oh, that, that swayed me in a certain direction. But when I'm getting, you know, multitudes of people coming and being like, hey, man, you know, I, I love this. I love this show, and, and saying to be honest, like I didn't think it would be as good. You exceeded my expectations, which you already exceeded last time. Yeah, and that did blah it. blah blah. Yeah, so you're fine with that, right? Oh man, dude, I'm at the t- listen. I, seeing a new act and supporting somebody that's coming up the ranks is super exciting, and it's valuable. You know, obviously to that young artist to build up their fan base. There's another side of that: seeing somebody at a pedigree from the years of experience under their belt with m- way more tools in their arsenal, seeing that show, and, and I've seen a lot of shows like that. I've gone to a lot of you know shows where you've seen somebody at their peak peak and then you're seeing them over here and they're better. And you're like, oh my God, this is like, it's part of the evolution, you know? Yeah. It's just part of the, the I, I feel like where I'm at now Maybe it's because I'm at my happiest, but I feel like the material is at its at its best. That's so great, yeah. dude.
1: You can tell. There's a joy that you mentioned. Totally can about tell. In I'm I'm my you're... worst critic. I would I would I would be uh the first person to be like eh How do you assess a set when you get off? Like if you don't have a good time, is that first and foremost, or or do you go right to like when I saw you at the factory and you get off, I'm always curious because then you you know you it, people. I I feel like you know you're you're in your head right away right about like what mm-hmm. happened or do you kind of let yourself sit for a minute and let, let it, it, it marinate a yeah. bit?
0: Yeah. Sometimes for me it's like I won't really reflect on it until a couple of days later mm-hmm. or. But if it's like something I'm working on, like I really want to button up this bit tonight or in the next couple, you know, I need something here. I need something here. Then I'm thinking about it when I, right when I get off stage. But for the most part, it, um, it, for me, it just feels right to um, continue to, you know, chip away at it. And then if it's really meant it, it, I feel like it's done in some way when I am so excited to start the bit. Still, you're yeah. not as excited to start a bit. Sometimes you'll feel yourself. Like when you know, you're going into something that might be lumbering or, it's it, you're like here we go here's the <laughs> yeah. thing about alan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you have to amp yourself up when you're going into a bit being like knuckles crack and going oh my god this thing's about to fly that's when i know right that's when i know the first uh, you know 30 seconds of the intro to the next piece of material when i'm feeling like really amped up that's when i
1: i, I know it's ready is there, um, are you going to come up with a uh, a new, like a Sufi finger? Um, no. No. That's nope. not with.
0: No. I did. You know, the, the saddest part, I, I created a, a, a logo for myself. Yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. Brilliant. Until people got it tattooed on their body. And then I was like, don't do that. I, I'm not, I, I may not use this forever. Yeah. I may. You know what I mean? It was like, it, it, it was a bit of a fad in my life, but- but it was it was fun. It was definitely something that, like... But that's uh, part of that connecting with the fan base that you can't yeah. even explain. They helped me to yeah. make this thing, and we did it together. Um, but at this point, no, it's not so much... If I'm going to create anything, it's not so much about, like, a, a, a logo or something. It's like content. Yes. It's like a film or, or something I want to direct or produce or stand up. Uh, that's where all the energy
1: goes into. How often do you think back to... Um, When you're uh, doing gigs or even just um, uh, doing podcasts or anything, like, do you reflect on uh, the early days? And then, how much of that actually pops in? Like, do you have you do you have a favorite Dan Cook bit? A favorite from like coming up, or do people? Because I'm sure you're still getting messages about like you know people just even giving you long yeah the the speaking
0: spell bit yeah was like a, a, a life-changing weirdly enough bit right. because <clears throat> I thought of it in eighth grade. I already had the joke in my mind in eighth grade because of the voice and I would do the voice in my house and be silly about it. <clears throat> and then when I started doing open mic, um, I told the story that would eventually be fleshed out for the for the the you know the har- harmful of swallowed and everything. Right. But I took it to New York. Now we're talking about like four, three, four years later. And Zoe Friedman saw me do the bit at uh, the Boston Comedy Club, which is near the cellar in the village. And based on that bit, I got Letterman. Yeah, and I you built did it on Letterman, whole, right? Yeah, yeah. I built the, whole, built the whole set around it, like a novelty set, things yeah. that we remember about our youth. And then that got me colleges. That got me. So that bit that I thought of in eighth grade really was like, oh
1: my the, god the uh ushered me into some some places of success do you remember saying it to somebody and hearing them laugh and then going oh cool there's something there because in eighth grade i can't even i mean i remember like making buddies laugh and stuff and you still can't have a recognition of like right. doing something an impression or, or a story or a bit and then people laugh and and to then in- internally go oh shit there's something there yeah is a crazy thing to it was have. the opposite for me oh. <laughs> i said Boy, you ever seen Katie Couric just swinging a miss during interviews? It doesn't happen. But if it were. You are the Katie Couric of (laughs) podcasting. Everyone says it, Adam. Um,
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) uh, I sat my mom and sister Kelly down, and uh, I'd been doing open mics, and I wanted to do the bit. And so I sat them in the living room, and I was like, you know, holding a vase or whatever, a hairbrush, and doing the. So I did that. And they, they literally sat there and looked at me. They had pretty good senses of humor, especially my mom. They looked at me. And then finally, I was like, what you, okay, what would you think of that bit? And I remember my mom, she went, oh, baby, I don't think that's funny. Oh. She was like, I just don't know. It's yeah, I love your physicality, but I don't... Like, it immediately bombed in front of my family. Fuck. Yeah, but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, years later, my mother was like, it's still not my favorite, but... <laughs> but mom it bought you this yeah yeah it it i i don't think that um uh, very early on for me with stand-up um it really was more about how i felt about um how i felt internally that dictated what i should be talking about or doing as opposed to like a lot of outside opinions
1: about that. you know what i mean did you always have such an innate ability to um Breakdown and showcase and and highlight. Let's just
0: stop at breakdown. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I pulled over on the side of the Mass Pike once,
0: and I remember I cried viciously. I don't know. If, have you ever cried viciously? It's where the t- it's where the tears are rushing and pulling your skin. Yeah. that's how sad you are. It's so, where the yes, slow
1: breakdowns. I understand. It's where the slow R and B song actually stops mid chorus to like break the fourth wall and check in on you yeah through the radio because they're like are you okay i listen some go r and i go savage garden when i'm feeling those tears <laughs> starting to come yeah okay well you're a true true child of the 90s <laughs> um uh but the, like the car accident bit yeah like that i wrote it right over here i wrote it right, uh, that to me is like i mean look there's a lot and again when i was thinking about this the other day where yeah. i go what is my favorite bit of that comedians Dude, there aren't a ton where people can go, I love that so and so bit. You yes. got so many of those. And and again, to equate it to like rock star having hits, that is a crazy thing to me to where someone goes, I love this bit. And then to have uh, multiples of those.
0: Yeah. To have people still coming up and quoting lines from material that I, I couldn't perform now, I didn't even remember, is like um, the most flattering part because as kids we were doing the same thing, yes. quoting Eddie Murphy and yes. quoting Steve Martin.
1: So uh, it's, it's wonderful. The car it's accident bit had so many levels and layers to it yeah. and was so, again, brilliantly depicting what happens and things you don't like, even just the people that pretend to be cold yes, and shivering It right. is fucking, that happens every time. And you, but you, I, you know, you <laughs> never think of those details. Yeah. So, I was, I
0: was living on the corner of Crescent Heights and fountain out here. We're in, in Los Angeles. And I, that was um, the year that I was living there. USA today came out with this um, top 10 worst intersections in the country. Most dangerous. Dude. And it was like number four. <laughs> Because was I that would, intersection? Was my intersection? I was on the corner. I was literally on the southwest corner in that building, the big manor-looking building on that Jesus, corner. Jesus, yeah. And every night I heard because people would come down the hill, and you didn't know that your thirty mile an hour actually turned into sixty-five. And so every night there was car accidents. Like almost every single night there was some kind of screeching. And then several nights you'd wait for it like the bit. Yeah. And then when you'd hit, you'd be like, "Ooh, gotta get out there. Gotta go." <laughs> And I rush out every time there was an accident for the year plus before I even did it as a joke. I just go out there and I would just watch that. Oh, there's always somebody that likes to talk to the cop. Somebody <laughs> always wants to. Somebody wants to talk to the guy who uh, got in the accident. Oh, there's always the person acting cold. There's always the person wanting to let you know what they were doing when it happened. I was in my kitchen. I was washing a dish and I heard it. So I came out and it was always the that same that
1: phrasing. <laughs> the fact that that person retells that story as yes. if that's now the hot button issue. Yeah,
0: that's like people saying <laughs> what they were doing when 9/11 happened, but they weren't. <laughs> anywhere near the towers
1: right it's i, like I was, was in tampa and I, the notebook had just come out and I was going, no, no, or was it on DVD? Either way, I was excited to see it. I hadn't seen it. And it was one of those things where everyone had been saying, you got to see it. And I remember that being the day where I was like, I'm finally going to see it. Right. It's like, that's insane. I, I just wanted, I, I observed
0: and reported with that piece of material. So I think that, inter- I think if I had to pick any material early, say early on, cause I have stuff now that I really love and I'm hoping to, you know, share with people on the next tour. Oh yeah. But when I look back at the, Cheating bit—the first time I did that, and it was on Comedy Central. And the whole part about the um, putting the putting the uh, the key in—you you just cheated. You're coming home from cheating, and and then you put the key. In. I said, and it's like your it's like your key holes in stereo because it's like <laughs> this loud. And then I talked about the floors creaking. This is yeah. all stuff that I did. I was, uh, you know, I was a dirt bag. I cheated on this girl that I was with, and then I was studying myself going oh these are all the things that i did and then i'm going to put it into a piece of material so it, it, probably one of my favorite early bits because i was
1: introspective at a time when i didn't have a lot of that right that's insane yeah, yeah that is a. Uh, I mean look there's you know things that we all you know you want to yeah. hone up i've been around they- so long i have vintage bits <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking weird man it is right <laughs> are there people that come to shows now that you uh uh, you know that your fans are obviously like your your Patriots your Celtics like you've gotten to go to so many the the, the Sox yeah. obviously like be a part of so many like amazing things and sure. it feels like they've definitely like welcomed you with open arms through all that which is what I think any comic who loves sports wants yeah. like all I'm waiting for is for the Seahawks or Mariners to just be like dude come raise the flag or throw out the pit like just yeah. sit with the owners and like tell us what you think we could do better right Um but uh, are there people that are still coming? <laughs> They've out? never asked me that, by the way. But <laughs> God, do I wish,
0: Dane, just write our playbook. <laughs> Here's a marker. It's X's and O's. Ugh. Just what, how do we run this? Is it? Uh, does it get boring to keep winning Super Bowls? Listen, man, there was a lot of lean years in Boston no where word. people, people don't realize. That. We were coming up, okay, after the blizzard of 78, it was bad, and then the Red Sox had the curse, and the Patriots were really, really funky for a while. But forget that. We we had the Celtics, yeah, and you know, we had Bird, and we had some great years, you know, we went up against the, uh, you know, the the Lakers, so we had a little bit of fun, but it wasn't uh, anywhere near what we've been, the embarrassment of riches (laughs) that we're entitled to today. Were you even excited for this Super Bowl? Um, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was uh, excited because I wanted to see, I wanted to see this guy, you know, Tom Brady do something
1: that was kind of in the never been done before business. I feel like he's just like getting um, real, uh, real, real greedy mm-hmm. with uh, the amount of winning that is possible at his level and age. And I feel like when he's like, "I'll play till I'm 50. Um he didn't say fifty though. He might have said sixty. <laughs> this guy. And he's like, I do this crazy diet, you know, and that's how is he that sounds. Sandler? I, no, that's just, how he sounds. No. You just dipped into a little Sandler. <laughs> he did a crazy diet. I can't do a real No one does family. a good Tom Brady. I don't think there is one. But that was he, not a good Tom Brady. That was Sandler. Yeah. He uh, he just feels like that he wants to test what the human body is truly capable of.
0: Yeah, I think that he... And he should, right? I think he's We get a handful of
1: athletes, and again, if you were to take all the athletes that are capable of this and put yep. them in a hand there'd be there'd be a few yeah he listen he's at a place now where he's like
0: neo at the end of the matrix yeah he has seen everything he's so much more further along than most of the guys out in that field that certain movements before he even needs to really ponder it sense memory is telling him up oh, seen this before this happened this happened in my life you know 10 years ago so i feel like he's playing at just an entirely different level if his body can you know keep up with him? Then I think that he could play for a, a bunch more years. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know about fifty. But fifty more years? No. Oh, I, and I it's still. 50, yeah. 50 I was like, I don't years. think anyone knows about can you fifty. Imagine more
1: Imagine he played fifty more years. Who's going to be our first hundred-year-old Super Bowl champ?
0: <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's got to be. <laughs> if it was going to be anybody, it would be. It would be him. Have you met him? Yeah.
0: In fact, my favorite sports story was I did a, a, a charity event with him uh, three summers ago. Best buddies. Oh yeah, uh, they do best buddies. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, and so and they do it actually in in other uh, uh,
1: regions. But we I do really want to comment great. on that real quick. You've always been really great about uh, charity work and shows.
0: Yeah, as long as I'm getting paid.
1: Um, <laughs> no, I'm g- <laughs> Let me finish. Yeah, the dollar amount was always appropriate. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, yeah. no money
0: there. Yeah. Just uh, just uh, an, an incredible organization, and of course, anytime you can give back. Uh, using your comedy yes. in a way that's gonna like it's just the win-win yeah so w- i'm doing the charity football event with him and he's QBing for both teams so the other team's beating us and it's the last drive of the game but we're we're down we're down by uh they they kicked a field goal he's QBing for both teams oh, shit. so he just plays everybody gets to play with tom last play of the game clock's running out he throws it to a little kid that's like 10 feet away from me this kid, I'm not going to let him get the ball. I chuck him out of the way. I pick six <laughs> off Brady. I run past Tom and literally I'm laughing and I take it into the end zone. And then I bring the ball back. I go, "Do you got to sign this right now. <laughs> I can't tell you what he said to me. It was kind of funny. But he signed the ball and it's in my living room. So I pick six off Tom Brady. Holy shit. Yeah. My greatest sports moment. Yeah, and then make... I retired right after. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My
1: number oh. went up at a local pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> uh did you uh did you have jobs before stand up like I did. yeah
0: yeah i was a dietary aide at a nursing home
1: for real i did that
0: yeah for i was 16 17 years old uh you know feeding elderly people and pu- i was in charge of pureeing i was in charge of like pureeing food like a steak so they could drink it out of a cup. Some of them couldn't eat like solid food. That's amazing. So I did that for a while. And then I worked at a video store. I worked at a pizza place. I had a newspaper route and I plowed snow. Um, I almost died plow- plowing snow. This was kind of crazy. There was a huge lake uh, in, in uh, Medford, Massachusetts called the Mystic Lakes. And every winter, uh, cars would drift off the road on the black ice and they would go onto the Mystic Lake and then go through the lake. And so people would, it was like, um, it was just you stayed away from the Mystic Lakes yeah. when it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. winter. So I was in a snow plowing team. Me and these other seven guys. There's always a team, right? Always a team. Yeah. You, if it's one person, you're just doing like individual homes. But like we were like doing supermarket, like Vaughn's Pavilion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> so, lot of which back east is called uh, stop and shop. <laughs> yeah. So we at three in the morning would go to do these parking lots that we would need to clear for the next morning's business. So we drive into Boston. We do all the cleaning. And then on the way home, I'm the very last. I'm the caboose on this line of uh, plows. Well, the lead guy decides to take the Mystic Lakes. It's been snowing. Obviously, we just plowed all this snow. We're coming around the corner. Everybody else is, you know, moving along great. I'm the last one. I started to come around the bend. The entire plow starts to like pirouette in in, in the most like smoothest possible way, and then it picked up speed. I couldn't stop. I couldn't do anything. And it went off the road, and I immediately went down the snowy embankment, and I'm heading toward the Mystic Lake. It's like fifteen feet away from me. Oh shit. And something inside of me, because I couldn't stop. I was, you know, hit the brakes, but I'm sliding on the snow. Yeah, yeah. Something inside me, a voice was like, just fucking drop the plow. And so I hit the crank and I basically broke this plow. And the whole plow went (laughs) and went into the dirt as I was going onto the lake. And it stopped me right at the lake. My my. back tires were (laughs) on the lake. And the plow had dug in so much. Now, of course, the guy who owned the company was like, you fucked up my plow. <laughs> yeah. He was so pissed. I go, I was about to die, man. Yeah. I was about to die. So I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to do stand-up comedy because I think it's safer. Holy shit. <laughs> that was like one of my last jobs that I had.
1: I was doing all those at once. There's to make ends meet. There's probably somebody out there too that saw that and told some sort of authorities later and was like, "Yeah, no, I was inside. I was listening to Phil Collins' greatest hits, and I went out and I saw, and he almost went into the river." I love what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that so much, man. I mean, I appreciate the art you, of man. the callback. Yeah. Nobody really understands. I know. You do. It's a gift. It Not is. everybody can do that. Um, you're, uh your acting is on point. Okay, and I know you're. Okay, <laughs> I <Yeah>. accept that. <laughs> yeah, um, you're uh, you're taking on like cooler and cooler roles. I feel like, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that you're seeking out. Remind me of the space movie that I remember when I watched it for the yeah. uh, for, or n- not space movie the um, when you guys were quarantined. Uh, yeah, the title again. Right, it was called Four Hundred Days. Yes, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, really psychological it, thriller. Yeah, dude, that's something I mean very different for any actor, and especially comedian actor like something like that that is just totally different right uh and you crush that oh cool! and i was like okay like you know your chops had already been proven but like that's you know that's way different than good luck chuck yeah
0: definitely way different and also um i was starting to be approached by people to executive produce stuff right which you know sometimes people go oh is that just a title you get to be in the it's like no sometimes you're actually part of the casting and the entire creative process did you enjoy that i did yeah i did so much so that um, it, it it informed how I wanted to continue with my career, which was like okay, at the center is always going to be stand up because I love it. I love it, you know. I love it like I loved it at the very beginning. I love it like that again, the same way. But I like collaborating with people. I don't like being as isolated as I used to in, in the world of comedy. Right. Um, I, I, I don't want to be ostracized from people. I want to work with people. So it's it's I'm producing another film that I'm going to actually also co-star in. It's a murder mystery. Dope. We're doing it next year with a, a company that did um, the film I just did that Lionsgate picked up that's going to put out next year, uh, this year, called uh, American Exit. Yeah. So just more dramatic stuff and things that are uh, off kilter and away from
1: the stand-up tone. I was curious where my, uh, and you said you being a part of the casting process, I sent at least seven tapes in for 400 days. Um, You truly binooshed me uh, by not... okay um <laughs> just, just looking for another Binoche. Um you got it uh is there something about acting that I mean obviously like they're different uh beasts like stand-up and acting but is there something about being on set and having multiple takes and being a part of a collaborative process like that 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 does get you uh, excited um more so than stand-up or are they just so
0: yeah I, I think different not more so but what what it what it means to me is when you feel like you're a um, piece of a puzzle that a director is trying to put together and you're you're actually trying to get their vision their a- their act you know to to work yeah. um there's something that's so gratifying about knowing okay you and I are in a scene together we need to it, it, it's got to see, seem seamless we need a synergy we need a real miss it it's not just me cuz i'm prepared and that's like that's hard to get. That's hard to get a whole bunch of people that everybody's going to be so simpatico at that point that you can accomplish telling an amazing story that's not you, not your life, not anything to do with you, or maybe not even in your time period. So for me, uh, the exploration of all of those things, and and maybe you find that in acting as well, is like, um, it's it's kind of a a necessity for me. Uh, I definitely want to continue to try to, you know make make films and do things like that where does your uh,
1: where's your love for words come into play in all this my did that happen in eighth grade my love for uh, vernacular there it is if I may Uh, your verbiage is at a uh, people don't use verbiage people
0: don't use verbiage people don't use jargon jargon's a great one it's a great one
1: Um, do you have a like a list of of words (laughs)
0: <laughs> I do. What is your screensaver? <laughs> I actually do have a, a crazy screensaver that's got like you know extemporaneous and words that like yeah. aren't commonly used. I also read a book called um, I think it was called A Hundred Words No One's Using But Should. Uh, Love just that. different way, you know, different words, ways to describe. What happened to me was this: I, my dad was a wordsmith. Cool. Uh, he he used to read the dictionary. I thought he was a total weirdo. I didn't have that same. Um, uh my education level and what i was focused on was not i, I like drama i yeah. liked uh, you know uh, ger- creative li- creative writing so i'm seeing this with my dad and then i do 10 years of stand up comedy i record my first album and when i listened to it the first time the raw version of harmless of swallowed it, i said fucking like 60 times when we finally edited it it was so distracting And what I learned listening to myself in that moment was um, I need to build out my ability to paint verbal pictures with words because I still wanted to have, my parents had truck drivers mouths; they both said F-bombs all the time. I still wanted to have that because that's part of me. But I wanted to be able to tell a story without that word specifically taking you out of it because I'm saying it so much. Yeah. So I wanted the real estate around that word to be like, I'm using it in the right place at the right, for the right thing. Yeah. And then I want to be able to use other words uh, to help enhance
1: storytelling. Yeah, to where it's accenting. I feel like there is value if, if yeah. it's... Uh accenting a certain moment or or absolutely yeah i I don't think that there should be any uh there's definitely
0: not any kind of um barrier that somebody should put on themselves in terms of like oh i need to be a clean comic or whatever i just think that if you're going to go a route of um you know having some potty mouth humor in there then yeah make it distinguishable so it doesn't just sound like a bunch of swear words put together with
1: laughs is there something that uh, you see? You're going to the comedy store a lot now, which I think is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, how do you? Uh, first of all, do you what? What do you still love performing in LA? Is there still like? I do. Yeah, I do. I love performing uh, anywhere.
0: It's it's not uh, regional anymore. Yeah. The, I mean, listen, the comedy cellar in New York City, um, the comedy store, the Laugh Factory. Um, those are like three of the greatest clubs that you can perform at yeah. you know everybody that's been there before you it's it's a privilege to be able to stand on that stage and to be able to perform i do the main room primarily yeah. at the comedy store excuse me and it, uh, it there's many nights where i'm walking through there and i i guarantee you probably do the same yeah. thing and you reminisce about yeah dude. who's been here and yeah. who you've seen can't help it and it's overwhelmingly Unbelievable we're doing this we're in the you know, we're backstage where everybody was doing crazy shit back here And we've heard the stories so um, Being able to perform now uh, You know everywhere basically in LA um, is it's it's a privilege It's it's great to be able to share the stage with all different kinds of comics on different,
1: you know theme nights Do you find yourself giving being around so many comics now do you? uh, um, In your I mean, I don't know how much you're watching when you're at a show before after Mm -hmm. but um, do you take note that certain people and 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 have people asked you for advice like young comics or sure. like what do you and what's usually the first thing you y- yeah you uh, have to gauge what level they're kind of at and what they already of course are, are. And,
0: and and I know how um, you know advice when you're really young I'm very careful with the advice that I dish out uh, I'm not gonna just like be like hey come here uh, let me talk to you and give you a bunch yeah. of advice yeah yeah it's like if I if you're having a conversation and you're seeking out some understanding of why you're doing what you're doing if anything i want to tell you okay here's what happened when i did it and not in a way to make it about me but in a way to say i'm not telling you what will or won't work for you what i'm saying is i i had this experience and this is what i found you know yeah. came from it um i think with the young comics you know being a mentor to younger comedians now what i always try to impart is if nothing else like take your time and don't try to break so quick because we're in a society now where if you break quick, and this is happening to a lot of like, um, YouTuber type people, you get millions of followers. Uh, you've got a few special uh, pieces that are out there, but that's all you got. And then they take you and they go, oh my God, you're unbelievable. You're not road tested. You haven't been around long enough to even probably have a great lawyer or great team around you. Right. And they're going to pull you in and you're in the machine out here. And then when it's all over, you're going to be like, what happened? Well, what happened was you didn't, uh, you didn't develop enough to have more things to pitch and to tell Mm -hmm. and to share. So I always tell people like, just try to like go to New York if you can hit the road, go to, you know. Tempe improv, try to like stay low key and don't worry about putting so much up on the internet because it'll, it'll feel like to you, like everybody went, yes. And then the minute they put you aside cause they're clicking something else, that's a hard fall, man. That's, yeah. that's hard to come back from.
1: It's also when it,
0: you're new. I can't imagine oh man, yeah. where I was. You it was to be new once, right? Dude, I, I honestly, I always just help you take your time, you know, you, you, you know, unless you're, uh, starting at 50. You take your time with it and really, really develop your your voice. And Did you ever? Oh, so good. No, just don't, don't, uh, you know, don't uh, sh- share it uh, too soon because then everybody else, then you belong to everybody else, and they're dictating kind of who you are. And right. You don't have it. You're
1: not developed enough to stand up for yourself. Do you feel fortunate that you that like YouTube and all this wasn't around when you were getting going, so that like. Like you didn't have an uh, an opportunity to maybe like put up a set two yeah. months in and be like, because I see that all the time now. I've friends from college that are starting or have been doing it, and they'll they'll put up these videos of three months in just because they're like, I need to people yeah. need to know that I'm doing this. And yeah, I'm like, no, listen, three months in, it's like if I wanted to research something,
0: there was no internet, no Google, nothing. I had to go to the library and do something called microfiche. I mean, <laughs> what did I'm you call me? Microfiche. You're a microfiche. <laughs> okay, you're worse than you're just a fiche. You're not even micro yet. <laughs> um so i'm glad that i i developed in a time where yeah. uh that wasn't you know people didn't know who i was i i really am glad that i was kind of you know uh i felt like i was you know uh way out on the on the fringe when i first started even in boston i was just playing these like shit gigs outside of town and yeah you know putting it together
1: I mean, it, it is uh, crazy because I guess your clips, like the Letterman set in the half hour, when things really did start to blossom mm-hmm. as far as like sharing and things being out there, then it was like game over, and those things were just getting you know uh, circulated all over. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. By the time I started
0: uploading my own material to like the Napsters of the world, yeah, and yeah, yeah.
1: Kazaa and LimeWire,
0: I was uh, it was it was it was solid. You know, it was ready to go. I was ready. I I, I wouldn't have put that stuff out if I didn't go. Okay, you know what. This is the best I'm going to be right now. Yeah. I want to try to, you know, see if I can make this uh, take this to the next level.
1: Yeah. Um, well, shit, dude. I could talk to you for hours. What? This is over already. And we can do. We can do more, but we did about an hour and change. Uh, all
0: right. Yeah. All right.
1: And we can keep it going.
0: <laughs> no, this feels good. Is there anything that I should be asking you at this point?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you didn't take any of my Jolly Ranchers or Dum Dum suckers. Okay. What does is, what is the Dane Cook uh, writer look like? Let's just talk about these scandals for a second, because <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm, no, I'm no detective or junior sleuth, but well, not with that attitude. they're brand new. It's almost as if these were lit today for the very first time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like Perry fucking Mason in this place. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> No
1: Junior There's sleuth. also
0: one rapper that I noticed that's uh, in the Jolly Rancher candy bowl, which I'm... means that somebody came and had a piece of the Jolly Rancher candy. <laughs> Do you want to know the truth?
1: You can look in the direction of Norm, who uh, I just think I guess the communal bowl of ranchers is also uh, doubles as a garbage can, Norm. <laughs> um, pleading the fifth over here. Yeah. <laughs> he just had his big moment. He just Crossroad. <laughs> yeah. After, I guess, once he. Yeah. What? after the crossroads look up.
0: Um Oh, if anybody wants to uh we added shows. So if anybody wants to get tickets, yeah, we're adding some shows, a couple time. places are, you know, we're adding a show or we're uh, expanding the dates to other cities. Uh danecook.com yeah. has the whole tour schedule so if anybody wants to check out. Awesome.
1: That. Um is there though something specific treat-wise that uh that Dane enjoys? Like if you're if you're a fan and you're bringing something or if you're just uh in a certain city. We like Wisconsin obviously you're yeah. hitting. Are you going to go out of your way? Like, there's probably going to be flooding, sure. uh, a flooding of messages.
0: My, fa- uh, my favorite fruit is the tangelo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. So if somebody wants to bring me a bushel of tangelo. <laughs> now, I'm no junior sleuth, but I feel like the tangelo is uh, not You never had one? No. Oh, that's a man. real fruit.
0: Oh, a tent You've never had a tangelo?
1: Don't, don't. You don't look it up. <laughs> Google tangelo again. No, will, you,
0: what's it, will you look up tangelo and please tell us? Yeah. It's,
1: uh, there's a what's it's, the origin use it in a sentence I,
0: I feel like it's uh, use it in a sentence the tangelo <laughs> is you, not an apple
1: <laughs> <laughs> that guy says it to the, the kid during the spelling bee. Uh, we got I think we got it okay it's a hybrid of the tangerine and
0: grapefruit hybrid of the tangerine and grapefruit somebody created it, it's called the tangelo
1: well what now, now the name does not speak to the pairing of fruits that it it sounds like a name that a, a black family would give their yeah, daughter the Maya tangelo <laughs> Can I still you get do some try one. <laughs> you get to try one. Tantalo is absolutely delicious. Does it have a... Uh, so it's got the tangerine vibe with
0: a little grapefruit uh, center? Um, yes. It's kind of its own uh, it,
1: it flavorful experience. If it were an actor, who would it be? Gary Sinise? Um, Gary Busey. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was <laughs> Uh, all right the Tangelou. what about yeah. um do are you gonna try to explore in some of these cities or are you gonna be in and out like uh, in wisconsin they're big on cheese uh products are I've, you going i've been everywhere
0: yeah you know you've at done this, the philly cheesesteak thing you've done the I've done it. Chicago yeah. pizza the yeah at this point it's really mostly just focusing on the show and then we're gonna we're gonna boogie we're gonna it's gonna be quick i love
1: that yeah um you're the man Thanks, Thanks for so. making time like, you know, again, uh, could uh, could just throw compliment city at you all day. But uh, your are uh, the fact that your comedy is only always uh, growing and getting better. It's like inspiring on many levels. Yeah. And in a business where you uh, are constantly looking for like those things to motivate you, you know, you got like we're, this is such a self-motivating thing where. As many conversations as you can have with friends and family, and like you said, like getting uh, you know nice feedback from comedians, all that stuff matters. But like, you got to be the one to be going out there, and um, you know, this sounded a lot better in my head. Um, <laughs> I thought you were having a stroke. <laughs> i am i guess that's what i wanted you to be
0: here for my well, you're a funny stroke. cat and i Thanks, hope that dog. you would uh you know join me and as, come out as, on a couple of dude, these dates here and there As
1: many as uh, uh, when we get off pod we'll we'll talk about some dates and I like try how to i was about out. like i was about to say dude i'll do as many and you go dude, just a couple like let's start slow <laughs> you definitely very specifically said a couple so i guess i'll just pinpoint
0: <laughs> you just travel with me at first but
1: not perform
0: i just want to feel what it's like having you around <laughs> It's like the slowest (laughs) process to actually perform for me. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I'll bring all the Uh, candles.
0: No, I I like having uh, funny people that know how to come out and and whether they're closing a show or opening a show or whatever it is. The hang Uh, is important, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this whole journey. We got to talking about kibitzing and having all these great you know look back moments but still we're we're excited for what's to come yeah um i think that's what people you know enjoy about coming out to a a, a comedy show in particular more than music or anything else you're seeing somebody sharing relevant things that are happening to them and to all of us yeah live there's nothing like that so i know it, people are gonna have a bang up time if they come out to the show and hopefully they'll see you on a couple of them i love it. <laughs>